Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up on The Payoff, a celebration of big bro Kevin Souza's life. From 1970 to present day and all in between, uh, it's been a very rough stretch for for a lot of people, and uh, I think this is one way to soften the blow, at least for the next 90 minutes. Uh, It's a very cool conversation with me and my brother Mike, and again, it is a celebration of the legend that was and forever will be and is our big brother, Kevin Souza. Have you felt at all in the days past? Like, um, I definitely have felt like a presence with me, for sure. At times, today was the first day. By the way, or yesterday was the first day where something happened, and I was gonna—I I would have called Kevin right away. So, wait, so you're saying you felt his presence being missed, or you felt him with you? <laughs> well, I feel him with me from time to time. I definitely do. Like, I think about him, and I see it. Usually, it's when I'm outdoors. Um, but then, yesterday was the first time something happened to me where I was like, I would call him right away to get his take on this like yeah. like like right away I, I need to hear what he'd have to say yeah i i had a situation similarly two days ago when we were dealing with our wonderful and beloved mother and one of her takes on something that was <laughs> it's just not Stephen a smith mike what one of her takes well i'm trying what about, i'm trying to you know yeah. i don't like you know one of her uh insane thoughts that we were processing and it was hilarious that she was being funny ridiculous really but uh i would have immediately called him and be like dude i don't know what to do like you should hear our mother that would have been like and he'd have been like and he'd have loved it he it's like he loved hearing that stuff because it it wasn't him (laughs) well and he also grew to a place and we'll talk about we'll go backwards in a second here he grew to a place where he almost was like all right what's she gonna do next like he kind of had like an adjustment to it where he wasn't necessarily so caught up in what was happening, but he was, uh, he was a spectator of what was happening rather than being caught up in the eye of the storm. Yeah. You, we've talked about this before. And like, like you said, we'll go backwards the last year and specifically the last six months, he got to a spot that it's not one of those things where you look back and go, well, now that he's, he's passed away. Well, he like you could feel it as we were going through it. Like we commented to each other about like, God, look at the way I can't believe he's handling this situation like that, or he's interacting with this person, and it, like God, he's just letting it play out. And I'm like, who? I think we like who is this guy? Yeah, we said yeah. that a couple times. I'm sure our good friend Nada Moore said over the weekend um, that he got the greatest hits version of Kevin Souza because he's yeah. heard he's heard a lot of us talk about our lifetime experiences with Kevin and the body of work. And he wasn't, he's nobody's ever finished product, but Kev really was, you know, throwing a hundred miles an hour. Uh, and, and, oh. and, and, and in all facets of life, 
which is why it is such a such a tragedy and why a, a lot of us feel like you know this was taken from us if if, if we have the I, I don't know if we have a human perspective really i mean you have well, to really work I, to get in the right perspective right yeah i mean this this like this this whole thing like the motions are are just up and down like like sadness i mean i have been angry several times but i talk about it with people like you know um yeah like like really angry um and and you know just overwhelmed with sadness but one of the things i'm sure we'll we'll talk about is that i i don't nor did he and i'm and i know because of talking with you have any regrets with the way our relationships ended and the piece of that is just huge but yeah i mean i've been i've been angry i've been sad i've been like um baffled um you know it's it's been all over the place it's been a really really difficult time but at the same time there's been a lot of beauty in it, you know, that we've been able to recognize and, and a lot, you know, God, do we still laugh about stuff like a bunch of idiots? It's like sad almost. So at the, at the start, Mike, you were born in 1972. In yes. <laughs> is this, I mean, was this like a test? Mm -mm. 73. So Kevin was. The, fir the first time I was on the podcast. And by the way, th thanks for having me back. It must be like uh, sweeps or something. Um you, we started out with math, so this uh, is great. that's right. That's right. So that's right. yeah, and you are, by the way, how 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 many years sober are you? Uh, sixteen and uh, a little sixteen and a half. Okay. Really. So if you're just tuning into this podcast and you listen to it because of a message of recovery, my three brothers and I have I've talked about my two brothers and I we're we're all sober. Kevin has just passed away, uh, cancer literally just ravaged his brain about two two and a half weeks ago two weeks ago he hasn't hasn't even been two weeks uh yet since he passed mm. and and mike and i are here to celebrate the guy he was uh the guy and the guy he will always be the legacy he left but nobody knows those early years better mike than you because mom is delusional and dad is dead uh yeah. so i get well i get to rewrite history now don't i by the way by the way do you want to do the mom disclaimer yeah. Uh, yes. I think it's important. Um, mom, if you are tuning in and we, we are sure that you are, um, we love you so very much. We could not have asked for a better mom. And this is all truthful. That's very true. It is. I mean, just warm, wonderful and loving. And to see you recover from this stroke with such vigor has been amazing. There will be some things here, uh, as in my first <laughs> podcast that may be revealed that may, uh, you know, make you upset. But there's no intent, and you're loved to the moon and back. Well, do you remember the way it played out? Michael was my second or third podcast guest. And guess who called? We do the podcast. We put the podcast up here at Rogue, yeah. at Rogue Media Network. And the first person that calls Mike and I is Kevin, because mom had just called him <laughs> and was talking about all the things that we talked about on this podcast. And, 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 and really, that got in the way Kevin was like, hey, I'm not going to do this until a little <laughs> later down the line because I don't want to like, get that hornet's nest. Him and mom, mom have been on a journey. Mm -hmm. I know, I guess we're all over the place, but you yeah. know, it's your show. Rain, rain us in if you need to. Yeah. Like, the journey um, ha really came to a beautiful place. It but did. that was a couple of years ago. And, you know, there were some ups and downs. And he's like, you know, I, I don't know if this is good timing for me to be a guest on the pod. Because uh, mom's feedback was 
aggressive. <laughs> it was aggressive, yes. Um, so I, I want to go back to the early stages of his life. You guys grew up, you grew up in Connecticut, and then you moved to, to Washington, D.C. Do you remember anything about Kevin before you guys moved to, to Washington, D.C. when you were, you guys were little kids growing up uh, in, in yeah. Connecticut, where dad's from? No, I mean, the, the Connecticut, no. Um, I remember D.C., like Virginia, where we lived. Uh, you know, we just, like, there was a park down the street we would go hang out at. You know, I mean, I was three, he was five, so... You know, he was only, I think he would just started smoking and it was like <laughs> the park he knew where to go to hang out. But like he was, you know, it, he, we were just hanging out a lot because, you know, but um, when we got to PA, you know, it was, uh, I mean, what my earliest memories of him were like of a really caring brother, you know, like, like just, he was two years older than me. Um, and uh, he was a really like, when we were young, great big brother. I mean, we didn't fight that much. I mean, you were born. I think, uh, you know, we fought a lot, but you know, in a, in a, in a positive way, I don't know. It made us closer, but no, we, like you were the youngest and we had a, Kevin and I had a really good relationship. Um, you know, and you know, what were you, cause when you, when you, what are your earliest memories of him? Because oh, I, I don't have many. Cool. I mean, I don't have many early on. I mean, because really, and this is my next question to you. I mean, he was seven years older than me, which is a, a huge chunk of time in life. And then when you get down to the early stages of life, you know, first grade to seventh grade is like, I mean, I remember when he won the championship in eighth grade at St. Thomas Good Council. They might as well have won the Super Bowl. I mean, as far I as the same way, as far as I was concerned, you know, um, and but but that was back. I think there was a time in grade school and uh, elementary where Kevin really was that like kinder soul that you mentioned, just like authentic Kev out of the womb. And then it, circumstances and stuff happened around us like any family. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he was very sweet, like very loving. Um, and, you know, I think as the friction between him and dad grew as the oldest look it's like anything you know like your first time trying something you know it's going to be a bit of a shit show and you're the oldest child you're getting the test you know the te the parents figuring their way out so the oldest is, is typically in my opinion going to have it the roughest if you have parents who are still figuring themselves out right so he definitely had you know, um, some friction with, with dad. And I think that brought an edge to him as we got to high school. Cause I, really, I, I remember him like grade school, St. Thomas, that, that ridiculous zipper cut down the middle of his head, but like always looking out for me, you know? Um, and even in high school, but in high school, he started to develop that edge, you know? Yeah. How did like, I was going to say, do you have a first experience when you were like, Jesus Christ, like this guy, this guy's got balls. Like he's, yeah, well, he's changed I mean, a little with, bit with dad or with, I mean, with dad, with his, dad, I mean, yeah, you know, there was a little, um, Donnie Brooke in the <laughs> kitchen one time, you know, that, that got physical, um, <laughs> which to which, which to us, right. Was like, it was like Godzilla and King Kong had, had decided to fight in our kitchen. It was amazing. Uh, it, it, it was like, I, it was chaos. I Kevin mean, wanted to go out. I think, as I remember, and take the car. Dad was like, you're not going anywhere. 
you know, uh, this is uh, loosely based yeah. on what I on reality, but this is what I remember. And then they got into a fight in the kitchen as Kevin tried to literally go out when Dad said and you can't go dad's out. Like, you're not leaving. Yeah. And uh little table got knocked over. <laughs> I think I mean There was a dent in the wall. Yes. It was yeah. before the I'm, kitchen got God. redone. I remember mom swept you in her arms, sobbing <laughs> up to the room because you were so scared. Uh, I mean that's probably true. Most of the stuff you say is BS. That's probably true. I get to invent that. <laughs> no, uh, that's probably true. But so that's the kind of stuff that was that was defining him, I think. That started to define him, at least to me. That I was like, wow, this guy is really cool. He's got mm-hmm. huge balls. Uh, and and I, I looked at him as like a courageous individual. Because as good as dad was to me, you know, Kevin fighting in the face of authority. Um, yeah. I felt like he was a man of the people. He was fighting for, <laughs> for us oh, in geez. a way. Yeah, I really did. Fighter. I mean, it's, I'm being silly, but yeah. I, I, I wasn't so opposed to him being anti-establishment when it came Dude, to the family. He stood up to dad and for himself and i didn't have the balls or confidence to do that almost ever until you know my 30s right so i mean like he did it whether it was out of necessity or um it was just inherent like he 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 did it and you know i deal from i dealt from a place of fear for most of my life until i got sober um and started working on myself um, he, de- you know, fight or flight. He was, he was fighting. Yeah. I and mean, that's, he was fighting. I always talk about, like, I never developed like that skill set to like talk to girls or, or, or to f- like, like I would usually, he had it. but he did have it. He naturally yeah. had it. And he naturally, he did develop a certain set of skills that I never, ever even developed. And you can say he, because of, of alcoholism or whatever, but Kevin, like he went through a lot of the super awkward stuff that, that turned him into a young man who was willing to face some controversy, go out on his own uh, and, and take his licks. Which is, this is why Kevin was so special to us. At, like, because you and I, four years apart or, or five, are very similar with our um, humor, our, our outlook on life, the, the fears we had growing up, how we, we masked them and the courage we got from drugs and alcohol. And Kevin was not that. He is a deep, deep thinker. He is very intelligent. Uh, not, that, not that we're not, but <laughs> wow. in a different way, maybe. Like, he's very cerebral. Um, and he could talk to, like, anybody. And he had that, that courage of, like, talking to women, of, you know, and he was the oldest, and he paved a way for us. When was your first experience? You go to high school with him. Um, and he kind of becomes, like, a bit of a rock star. In his, in, well, his, in his own right. Let, let me just say that, like, the, the, the rock star part started, like, in the morning. He got his license, and he drove, I think it was myself, Neil Cross, and maybe Joe Watch to school every day. And it was a mix of the police, the who, or Howard Stern, and that dude was driving. I mean, if you, you find Neil Cross and ask him, it was scary. Like... He didn't give a shit about, like, I mean, he was taking curves at, like, he's that guy, like, 55 on the way to school. Like, we get out of there, like, uh, it was frightening. But that was, like, that was every day. Like, One time radio, I told like, him he was driving me in, like, Frank Foley or somebody. And I was like, hey, like, you were driving kind of fast. And he was like, and he waited, waited till Frank got out of the car. He's like, don't ever tell me 
had to drive. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, all right, all right, all right. It was. He took me. He had to. Um, remember, he used to umpire little league games. He took, oh my god. He, he he was like, I, I he was like stuck with me. He's like, sit in the car. I got to so, ump this game. And so I watched him ump this game. I mean, I, you've never seen a bad umpire with more bravado, right? And he was probably great, but he was like, Steve You're like sitting guys down. He's got like a Who t-shirt on and like, you know, he's just not ready at all. Yeah. Dude, and that's the thing that like we saw him as this, and I'm not going to say a bully. Like he wasn't, no. us, but as an older brother, he was an older brother. So yeah. like to us, he was the guy who, as he thoughtfully, as he got older, communicated with other people, he would still talk to us like, dude, you're a moron. Yes. What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you know, not a lot of people saw that because of our, di- you know, dynamic. Which and became, like which ultimately great- became like a love language, uh, yes. which there was a oh. point in time where I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. And then really, and the, over the past like 10 years or so, we talked about it, you really couldn't get enough of it because that was like, you felt like, I, I know I was. And so were you, you're, we were in a specific, you know, we were inside, um, and, yes. and and that was like, that was a very special thing. Yeah. But when in high school he started playing the guitar, and that, and he was in that band Final Cut, and man, he played a couple of like like a soft hop. I was a sophomore, he was a soft senior. Hop. At, soft hop. Soft hop. <laughs> and uh, um, and then he was in the play leader of the pack, uh, and man. Like it was like my my sophomore year when he be- he became a star like and I did not begrudge that like I still as I think about it now I get goosebumps like I remember looking at him like holy shit I want to be him like like he was up there like you know me too it, he, he's playing like in front of fifty people right but dude like, I, was- I, honestly I swear it was more than that the whole Carol Auditorium was full every night. Right. And, and word had spread. I mean, now this is now I'm, you know, but word had spread that this was a terrific play. And it was I think it was a couple weekends, uh, like back to back weekends. And he was amazing. And, yeah. and and Jimmy Bell and I were just talking about it. He said he remembers the St. Thomas Good Council, his class, like they all went. Um, and Jimmy was like, you know, Jimmy grew up with Kevin in the neighborhood. Kevin yeah. was older. Jimmy was like, you know, I know that guy. It was one. It was one of those moments for all yeah. of us, and, and it took. I got to imagine too, and that, you know, Kevin was a football player. Most of his friends were football right. players, so that's a huge. You're 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 definitely stepping outside of the box in the comfort zone, kind of being like, I'm going to do this. I don't give. I don't give a shit. Which is is like a throwaway almost until you really think about the dynamics of high school. Like he was like, I'm doing this, and six or seven of the football team came out and they played parts in the course. I remember, you know, like yeah. because of that. And dude, the guy was like, were you, you, you didn't do it. Did you? No, they wouldn't let, I mean, you could, you would have loved that. Right. Dude, get away from me. <laughs> he now. felt, and, and I think there were sparks flew and there was a romance with the girl that was the lead. Is that true? Yeah, there is. Yeah. It's, it was a scan. And look, like Kevin's <laughs> life up until the last 10, 15 years, it is um, famedom and scandal. So what happened? What happened? Do you remember? Oh yeah. So, so he had this awesome girlfriend, who I won't mention by yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what what. We'll uh, say Lynn K. What, what kind what kind of lawyers we have? Lynn, here <laughs> yeah, yeah. Media. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lynn K. And and they were like 
two years and she was awesome. Family dinners. Always over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And him, like just like any Hollywood story, (laughs) him and his leading lady start hooking up. I mean, like, and then, you know, they were having a whatever affair. A toward affair, Mike. (laughs) I I get can you have an affair then? I don't know. (laughs) Um, and then next thing you know. Uh, LK is is no more, and he's dating this girl, and it was over. That was yeah. That was like literally a, bl- a blip, uh, right on the radar. A blip, yeah. But it was Kevin, like, and that's like that was that really, you know, because because although we've heard his story, you know, I don't know that he shared it really publicly at all. But but drinking and drugs, you know, he started drinking probably senior year in high school, and you know that's the beginning of really where he became a rock, his, the rock star and the scandal. That was like. That was his life. What about some of the parties he had at at mom and dad's house? That was, Um, I mean, that was pretty, again, I would be upstairs and he would just like, just stay up there. And he would have a lot of, he would have a ton of people come over. Yeah. Look, we had. Mom and dad would be at the Big East tournament. Mom and dad would be at like Galifty's five minutes away and there'd be something going on at the house. But yeah, that they, they were awesome. I mean, his friends were great. It was like, you know, just huge parties. I do remember that. You being seven years younger, uh, you had your first, some of your first drinks and some chewing tobacco, I believe. And, and I threw up everywhere. Yeah, he yeah. was he was pissed in the next morning. Of course he was. You ruined his party. <laughs> <laughs> little moron. He was pissed. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it was always, you know, I, I, I was uh, it's like the same as today. Your perspective's off. I should have been so happy just to be a part of that. But I always wanted to be like the inner part of it. But I mean, the fact that I was even just around that amazing, amazing childhood memories. And and the ones with him and those guys from the neighborhood, when we got the dunk hoops, like we played every day. Like he was outside with us every day. I mean, look, we had a like it was a great, great, like youthful experience you know it was amazing and he was a great big brother and then in high school man what what tell the story you were talking yeah go ahead you were talking about when he was uh when he played a dance of yours right yeah oh yeah yeah and he mentioned my name for helping him like like set up and i felt like like the biggest thing in the world like and he did do that shit like he looked out for us you know he goes to villanova um and so there there was definitely a, a shift in kevin after, and I and it's funny because I thinking about his wonderful life, like there was a shift after his sophomore year, right? So his freshman and sophomore at year Villanova. Villanova. Yeah. Yeah, Villanova, which, you know, he he paved the way for us, man. Like he was at Villanova and you know, he was still that same high school guy. Um, we were family dinners, like, you know, you remember all the guys from the Pi Cap Alpha yeah. fraternity were always. I remember over, us having like, that whole fraternity over at least the whole freshman class over to all our the house. time. Remember yeah. Jack Shalva Chakota yeah. was there like all the time. And it was awesome. Um, and I think that's when his drugs and alcohol really took off. And I could see it because he after his sophomore year, he moved to Manion. And this is if I may t- tell a quick uh, oh, please. Uh, tale, this is when he became known to us as Shady Chuck. <laughs> but and, and for those those listeners of the of this podcast, um, Happy Days, one of the great shows growing up, even before our era. But you've watched the reruns. In season one, there was an <laughs> older brother. There was Joni, Peter, Richie, <laughs> <Shut up>. who else? <laughs> and there was. 
Not the Fonz. There was Chuck. Chuck was the older brother, season one. He wouldn't say anything. He'd come down, dribble the ball. Yep. And season two, gone. Never mentioned Chuck Cunningham again. And that was Kevin. Like, in season one, he'd show up. He was gone. Show up. He was gone. And then he was just gone. And we literally nicknamed him Shady Chuck. Shady Chuck. Like, he he was... was, you, I'd heard more about him. Um, <laughs> no, really. I mean, at that point, at that point, Sorry. it was almost like stuff of, of like myth. Uh, you, you would hear about him from other people. And then, you know, mom was really like, you talk about paving the way she laid it out for us at, 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 at Villanova. You know, they, they did everything. Our parents did everything for us to be quote unquote safe. You know, you can't really protect your kids from from who you are right and our parents were people that were growing up and finding their way as parents but they did everything they could man we had carte blanche at villanova kevin was a freshman there and i and you can speak more of this to, to more of this but there was like an encroachment almost on on you guys and your social lives because of who mom was and because of you know guys and girls found relationships with mom people that worked at the Conley Center, Villanova Student Union Building, and then they would report back to mom about stuff that Kevin was doing. Yeah, well, and this is the thing, like, Kevin was, you know, like, once he got a little taste of freedom, right, he was still the first, again, couple of years, the Kevin guy, but, you know, he would just, like, he just was on his own path, and he would do whatever. I was more of a conformist, right? I worked at the Conley Center where mom was. <laughs> I hung out with all those people there, yeah. like, I, you know, I, I went on trips with them. They're great people, but they were not Kevin's <laughs> cup of tea, right? Yeah. Kevin was cutting edge, rock star. This is like the, the birth of the rock star. Um, yeah, and she, mom would hear stuff, and I, you know, I think she would deny it or not deal or, or whatever. But, you know, the, 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 the weed, the booze, and the cocaine junior year, like it was on. Yeah. You know, like it was on. Yeah. And he was, he was in one of the best bands. Uh, in the area, let alone at Villanova, uh, Rugby Road, and he was unceremoniously uh, ejected from that band. Eje- he was unceremoniously <laughs> ejected. From but the I will, and I will say that was another thing that was like, you know, so here's our brother going through <laughs> going through this this struggle. He's not asking anybody for help because that's not what we do. If you're a Sousa, I really believe about it, and Kevin is a great example. We were predisposed to this thing. It's literally a matter of time before like. You're going to do something about it, or it's going to kill you. Uh, and you were the first person to do something about it. He was—he had taken a couple cracks at it, but then he did it after you. But when he's discovering this part of who he is, you know, we're watching it, and and it was really playing out. I mean, you you do say that the Chuck thing he wasn't there, but I can remember he was. You know, they 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 didn't want him in Rugby Road anymore because he was, he was just partying too much, bottom line. Everybody yeah. loved him, but he was partying too much. And I remember he was home at mom and dad's house. I remember that was like a whole drama played out. And that's got to be hard for a, a kid. Like, I went through all my stuff, like, far away from home or at least far enough away. But, like, the Richmond football team wasn't walking into mom and dad's house and saying, like, hey, we, we had to throw Pete out of this group yeah. because, you know, like, but, but, but it happened to me. But it happened for Kevin really close to home. Yeah, it was it was very much um, up close and personal. And I think, you know, like, you know, the information wasn't out there as much. I think parents at that point were more inclined to, like, believe 
what they wanted to, right? Like, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's a wonderful thing and a terrible thing. Like drugs and alcohol are talked about more, but they're also more prevalent, right? So, but as, as you know, there wasn't, people weren't educating their kids and, and you, you know, mom and dad, you know, they, they knew there was things there, but they kind of turned their head, let's say, yeah. like, and I don't blame them for that. And, you know, it started getting worse and worse. It got thrown out of the best band, you know, and, and look, the whole time he would take me to these shows. Like I would go there as a sophomore, you know, he's a, a senior and I go to barley corns with him, right? Like, you know, he was like, I got to ride his coattails. Um, but I also saw that he was getting out of control and, you know, the idol I had on the pedestal definitely started to fall for me. Now, this is not his fault. I was starting my own path of addiction. And, you know, look, I was probably a mirror of myself in a lot of ways, right? So I, I started over the next, God, what, 20 years, you know, to, to have our relationship not be like that, you know, where I idolized him and he could do no wrong. Um, I started not to like him as a person, probably because I didn't like myself as a person, but I still loved him as a brother. Like we still loved each other. We still talked, but I really thought, you know, like, you know, he's out of control and I'm better than him, which was not the truth at all. Right. Like he no. was, we were going down our own path, but we had he, the classic brothers relationship in a sense that like, you know, even there were point in times when <clears throat> we all weren't getting along with, there was like a real strong bond and love and like, you know, Kevin, or you, you wouldn't let anything happen to me, like outside of, you know, you know, like that's my little brother. Oh, yeah, like, it's like, look, yeah, you know, the, he. I felt be, protected around Kevin. I felt yeah, protected around you. Me too. Like yeah. he might be an asshole, but he's ours. Yeah, a hundred percent. You yeah. don't cross that line like, yeah. without a que like question. Yeah. Like we were tight. I mean, you know, we there was a a a, a large fight at Smoky Joe's where Kevin paved the way for us. Got me a job <laughs> as a freshman, a bouncer there. He was a, a, a bouncer, then became a bartender. And, you know, it was like that, you know, that was the greatest gift ever. I mean, you know, th that whole family, you know, they reached out as soon as they heard about Kevin mm -hmm. and, and the messages and love from that family were so touching, you know, like th those those kind of deep relationships that he forged. And we got in a fight there and, you know, somebody, you know, sucker punched Kevin and you, know, you see your brother go down and, and, you know, I, I went on the offensive and uh, we got in a little bit of trouble. I remember, um, yeah, it was a big New Year's Eve, right? It, it was New Year's Eve. And this is classic shady Chuck style. <laughs> we get in this brawl um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, uh, he started it. Uh, then he got sucker punched. I came in and, and, and with a, you know, swift, couple shots oh and then, give me with the swift couple shots take it easy chuck norris well no was as, it a roundhouse look, look, hit the, him, did you hit him but, with the roundhouse Van yeah but as the guy went down kevin kind of you know started getting his wits about him and started like you know a little extra <laughs> extra salt you know to the point where i'm like dude all right like, <laughs> and uh within a, a week that freaking guy is in california and next thing you know I'm at the Radnor police station meeting with a detective <laughs> about the incident. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like literally shady Chuck has relocated <laughs> to the West coast. He graduates from Villanova. He goes to California. Uh, and I think, Wreckage. This, well, I think this speaks to his ability and his overall, you know, Kevin <laughs> with, with, 
with tools in his hand. I mean, he was, it kind of had like almost like an engineer's mind in a sense where he could figure stuff out. Oh. Um, and he was able, he was a guitar tech at the House of Blues, right? He ran, what did he do at the House of Blues? So you guys go out there. What I'm saying is the guy, his skills, he was able to just fall ass backwards into opportunities because he had unique abilities. Well, I think he had an ability that we learned from our dad, right? Like, and that was you show up. Like, and when you move to Los Angeles, guess what? There ain't a lot of people showing up on a consistent basis, right? And then I think he had the 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 knack, like he was really smart to, to learn things quickly, right? Like he would apply himself. So he started working at the House of Blues and he was what's called a load in, load out. Like they start moving, band comes in at midnight, you bring the stuff in, then you bring it out. And that was part of the the, the stage crew. And he went from there all the way through till he was the stage manager and, and he worked with some amazing people out there. Like, uh, you know, but that again was, was, you know, you know, he became Glenn Fry's guitar tech. And, and these are all like, how did he get like, the Glenn Fry job? Did he work with Glenn? I, Lord, no, look, I would, there's so much, look, we're here to talk about like yeah. celebrating Kevin's life. Again, I'm going through my own addictions. I have moved to Los Angeles at this point. Like yeah. I follow shady Chuck, right? Like, <laughs> And, you know, Kevin, Kevin is, is gets me a job at the house of blues and it's just craziness there, right? There's more scandal with Kevin with, you know, he's dating this girl. She's sleeping with this guy. He's like, he's sleeping with this girl. And I'm watching this whole thing. Like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) like, I'm again, like, this is, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it really is like, you got the best ticket in town, you know, best ticket in town. Yeah. But and I'm just flying under. Like, here's the thing, Kevin. At that point, he, whatever fear or wherever his di- addictions came from, it came out in like, fight. I'm yeah. in your face, bigger than life. So he he became like this. Like, <laughs> you know, we always kid about you know, like Kevin. Like a noise for Kevin is like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> like he became that guy. Yeah. And I would be able to sit back and like fly under the radar i was the nice polite susan meanwhile i'm shoveling cocaine up my nose and drinking like you know but like i was the good one they called me the good brother after more shit went down there like it was unbelievable well, how like, much hanging was, out did you and him do when you were out there i mean you lived out there you work at the same place so i when i got out there i stayed with his buddy, still good buddy, till he passed, and good friends with 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 our sister in law, who we'll get to, yeah. Patty, uh, Tad, in Manhattan Beach. Uh, he came back here because his drug and alcohol problem had kind of hit a height, and came back to Philadelphia to get himself better. Right when I moved out there, so you know he moves out to California. I I, I go, you know, leaves this wreckage of the the the. Radnor police in Pennsylvania that I deal with. I move out to California, follow him and chase my dreams of, of acting. I get to California and he's gone. He leaves literally five days before I this get is the there. Fa- and I can put a time stamp. It's the fall of like 97. That's it. And I get there and he didn't leave, you know, on a high note. So I get there and I'm like, you know, I get, I have to interview the house of blues. I find it, you know, th- like, his, this is where the like, scandals everywhere. Everyone's like, and I'm like, wide eyed, like, what did I get myself into? You know, like it was just <laughs> insanity. But so, but then he came back, and I'll tell you what, there that guy, he was sober and he was started to work a program. Um, 
And I was like, oh my God, he just, he, he, within like two months, he came back. He was a stage manager at the house of blues. Right. Cause he had been like, you know, he went and took a sabbatical. Um, and I was like, oh my God, it's that guy from high school again. Like I saw that glimpse. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Like it's that guy. Like the, the dude I idolized was there. And I, that was like really a great six months. And I'll never forget it. We were on the, uh, the front porch of the house of blues. And he's like, Hey, I want you to know which God bless him. He's like, I'm, I, I, you know, I had a beer the other night. I'm going to be drinking again. And even I am now in my own addictions. Right. You know, and I still remember my heart fell. I just knew, I just knew this wasn't going to go well. And it did not. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it did not, but he kept, he kept plowing forward. Uh, yeah. With, with his career, you know, he goes on tour with the Eagles just an amazing opportunity. Uh, again, I, I can relate in a similar. You kind of you kind of keep finding these opportunities on your on your way down, and yeah, and event, but eventually, like, you know, that chicken's coming home to roost. I think they say, Mike. Yeah, I, I think like like, you know, look, we were taught to stand up straight, show up on time, and look the part, right? So there was a certain time in, in all of our lives and probably a lot of people similar to us where you get in the door because you look the part and you show up or, you know, early on consistently, and you learn maybe how to do that trade and then your addictions come in and it's, it's, it's chaos. Right. And that was him at the house of blues. And that was him with the Eagles. Um, you know, and then that was him after that, like, you know, he got these opportunities and he earned them in terms of showing up and then blew them up. And, and you know, look, we're not telling anything that, that Kevin wouldn't care no. if he shared right now. And we're not getting, you know, this is a general part of his story, right? Like, and, and it's, you know, he he introduced me to Glenn Fry. I was working security at the foundation room at the House of Blues. And, and just like that article said, like, he literally, or, you know, he walks in and says, you know, the only good thing about the house of blues must be the two Sousa brothers. And I was like, Holy shit, this is Glenn Fry. Like, and he was great. And, and it's like everything Kevin would be like, Hey, I'm torn with Glenn Fry and the Eagles. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Whatever. Like, did I believe it or not? And then, you know, three months later is Glenn, Glenn Fry and Glenn loved him. You yeah. could tell just like spending time with him. Like, I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah, like, like he's really in with Glenn Fry. He would say, uh, "This is Kevin Souza. He went to Villanova. Uh, now he tunes my guitars." He would say that right. every night. It shows when Kevin would come out and switch guitars. And um, then, you know, in two thousand and three, uh, this was like a turning point in Kevin's life. And and I remember it because I was sober at the time. Or it's two thousand two. It's the fall of two thousand two. Kevin comes home for thanksgiving i'm home because at this point i'm like homebound I'm, I'm trying to like get my life together you're living in atlanta you're with lily's mother uh at the time and kevin comes yeah. home and we went to, we went down to see the eagles and the rams at the vet oh kevin was really in a good <laughs> mood he'd met this girl he met and he showed us i forget how he showed us the picture of of his wife to be patty i think i swear I, I think it was like a picture I mean, it was 2002. I do, yeah. I, I kind of recall that. Maybe but, it was yeah. on the phone. They had met kind of over the summer, but now it was getting kind of serious. And there yeah. there comes P Patty Fellers, ultimately yes. to be Kevin's wife, Patty. She is now on the scene. 
and on the scene forever. Forever. And look, I think that that you don't get sober um, until you're ready, you know. And I also think that certain people play a role in your life in terms of you realizing that the stakes are high enough that you should get sober, right? Some are sicker than others, but I think at some point when you realize I'm going to lose a Patty, who was just a wonderful, wonderful person, wife, and so like smart, you you finally start to get your act together, right? And it didn't happen overnight. It was a journey, but I think Patty is is not the reason he's sober, but it was something that helped him that he needed to get sober for himself, but also he was going to lose that thing, you know, like it, it was going to go away. And I think that that was a motivating factor for it, right? It yeah. doesn't matter how you get in the rooms. I, I always say that I don't care how you get in there, right? At some point, you're going to figure out that it's your fucking fault. You're there and you got to start working on yourself. Like that's, don't matter how you get in. My, my experience with that is is very similar like i i i agree i believe like certain things whatever push you towards sobriety Pat, patty being like one a, a seismic shift for him but i also can point back to that time um he started to really lighten as an individual like a light came on he was still drinking and he was still using um at this point in time from what to my knowledge there was a lot more marijuana on the scene than harder drugs but the harder drugs were still certainly around but um, they kind of, I just remember going out to see him and Patty in like 2004 and it was like, just a, it was a wonderful scene. They were, yeah. we were all drinking a little bit. There was a lot of pot. Like they were obviously in love. This was, I can remember the fall of 2004 totally. and it was just like, wow, these, these guys, these two have it going on. And I remember Kevin was like, I'm going to propose to her. And I was like, I remember this is, a, <laughs> is this is a, this is such a great, hey. and, you know, he's like, he tells me this, like, because he has to, because I'm out there and he has a ring. It's not like he was confiding to me. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, look at this. You know, or at least I felt like he had to tell me he was probably being a great big brother. He was like, look yeah. at this. I'm going to propose to her. And I remember I go, what do you think she's going to say? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, dude, I wouldn't ask her if I didn't know what she was going to say. She's going to say yes. <laughs> She's gonna say yes. I was like, "Oh, you okay. moron!" Yeah, yeah. But I remember I was out there, and uh, yeah, he had. I had. I had recently. I had stopped drinking, but then I had started to drink again, and and I had an episode where I got really drunk around mom, and it was like got back to him. Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a different I, podcast. I was living in Colorado. Oh, um, Jesus. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, we can't even, I really don't feel comfortable getting into that, but like, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> but, but I got, I got hammered, um, and like, you know, was a big mess. And mom had to deal with it. And of course, she told Mike and she told Kevin. And, uh, you won't believe it. <laughs> so Kevin was like, a month later, and you know, I'm one of those guys, right, who's like, I'm binging now, but eventually I'm going to get back to where I was before because there's a reason why I had stopped. But Kevin, I remember, was like, you know, and you put people, if you're like me, if you're an addict, especially with two big brothers like you guys, you put people in uncomfortable positions. Like, I'm out in California. We're having fun. We're drinking. Um, and he's just kind of like, dude, you got to get your shit together. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. I, mom calls me and tells me about this. He's like, you got to get it together. But I could tell, and this was what I think would happen to him later on with with patients he was seeing as he was getting his degree, right? Mm-hmm. He was telling me this, and he knew in, in in his own heart, like, how can I tell this dude this when I'm right. I'm still I'm still you know yeah. I, I know it didn't come 
it wasn't as profound as the message once became eventually when he stopped drinking and I still was drinking. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and, and I think that like that time period, all three of us were, were realizing we had a problem mm-hmm. and on our own, we were trying to figure it out. Right. I mean, it was the beginning of our, of our journey, you know, towards sobriety. Right. Uh, and you know, diff- like for him, I think you saw at times a lighter Kevin, cause he would try and just smoke weed because of Patty. Like he mm-hmm. wanted to get it. Like, you know, it was under wraps a little bit. And we're um, crazy. Alcoholics, we're- addicts are crazy, right? Any which way, how can we get this potion to work? Like, let's yeah, play exactly. chemist. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it's like, you know, why can't you just stop? Like the after school special dad, you know, it's not that simple. You know? yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it's not. Um, it's, it's not. And, and, you know, he, uh, he really, you know, he, when he got sober, I mean, what, do you want to talk about like, where, where, where are you at in the timeline now? Because I could, we could talk about him for seven hours. Well, I no, I want to, I want to touch on one thing. Um, and, and, and then we'll get to when he got sober. So I'm going to get to when he got married. So he got married, uh, he got married and it was like a beautiful thing, right? Like from honestly, Mike, and I have my own issues. It was when I'm, you know, I'm in and out, oh, yeah. but this time I'm living in Charlotte. We go to the wedding. The wedding was great. Um, and it seems like, oh, man, this guy's got it going on. Totally. He's got this wife. Patty always, not only, I mean, she would tell you emotionally, maybe not always, you know, tied up in a bow tight, but always like had her shit together, you know? Yeah. Um, clearly. And, and I think that like, that was a reflection of here's a guy who made, he, aced the the hardest decision of your life you know with patty and and like he had this thing so for me i guess i thought everything was going to be fine but but there were still a couple chapters to be written before he would get to this 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 end this this great ending of the story yeah um the wedding was five of the best days of my life i remember that like it was you know, and maybe because I used to watch like all those sitcoms and like the facts of life would go to London and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like it was all of our people out there in Santa Monica and Pepperdine. It was just amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was a really, really wonderful time. And um, you think now, Mike, by the way, just to jump in, you you get older, right? People, you lose people like everybody was healthy and yeah. alive and there for that. For that wedding you know people have since passed on obviously that's why we're here today yeah people have moved on and uh that yeah. is one of those times you look back at that wedding just what a god's ha- god had his hands all over that because like, he did you know? i mean and look you know you could also there are layers to everything right like you know you had your thing i had my thing we were all battling but it, it came together for some, for a pretty special time and i also got to notice the makings of that family and the culture in Southern California, South based, you know, specifically now those pieces changed out a lot because they were lunatics at that point. I remember the one dude to sleep underneath the table. Oh, yeah, My, yeah, mom's yeah. like, who's the guy who's the crazy he, hair? It's like, Andy like, Dick. I'm like it is Andy Dick. No, it wasn't Andy. Dick. No. <laughs> right. But that, that's that, that, that was all like to see that family. And you're like, wow, this, cause I was there for two years. I moved back home. You know, I had my friends in Hollywood, but this is a different thing. Like the relationships that Patty and Kevin started to build, you know, you saw it there. And that, and that was something that, you know, to this day, you know, is a, is a, is a, a theme or, you know, it's a line all the way through like those, those special people out there, 
um, you know, you got to look, but they're there. And now, as, as he would, as he would tell us, and and, and I mentioned, he's talking to his. He he decides to become a therapist, right? More or decides, you know. Again, I don't have all the details, but go ahead. Yeah, it's a foggy timeline, but I, I believe he he wanted to. I think he got sober before, uh, and then as soon as he got sober, like this is in typical Kevin Souza style, right? Yeah, he gets sober, he quits smoking, he then does the uh, Catalina. What's it called? The Come Catalina on. Classic. Catalina Classic, which is uh, which is paddleboarding. Look, it's, if you've never done it, and I never had. Like you're gonna think whatever, but it it is one of the most grueling things you could do. So he trains for this Catalina Classic. And he all it goes back to school to get advanced degrees to be able to become a you know certified because he'd had therapist. experience teaching uh, at Miracosta High School. Yeah, he taught there and and being an assistant surf coach there. And he was always he was an assistant coach at Overbrook uh, yeah. Golf Club or Country Club, like with the swim team. He was oh some of these kids. Kate Moran's sister, oh, um, uh, Siobhan, was was saying how. Yo, Kevin made me, this is when she was a very little kid. He saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And he gave me the confidence as a swimmer, right, as a kid. And that enabled me to come out of my shell as a person because Kevin believed in me in the pool. I mean, it's just, there's, yeah, there's a lot millions, of the things, not millions. A lot of the things you're like seeing, that. I'm talking over you, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. A lot of the things <laughs> with, with at Miracosta that we're just seeing posted you know, and they're it's their heartfelt, like the impact he had, right? I mean, he really did because he really did care, you know, like he cared. Um, and we're telling all the fun stuff, you know, the create of fun, crazy antics, but he still made his impact along the way, oh like without gosh. question. You know, like he definitely affected people's lives in a very positive way. Um, but we got to see over these last 12 years, like that 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 developing that person that that just you know, was unbelievable. Uh, now, I, I wanted to ask Patty this, but I feel like this is down the line. I don't think anybody's like super ready. I, I just didn't want to burden her with like, hey, like, let me get some information about this or I, I would like you to join us. And I want to also talk with like Sully, somebody out in the South Bay um, about Kevin and Kevin's sobriety. But as you can remember, as you recall, when what you were sober at the time, when mm -hmm. did you get the phone call or the official heads up for, from kevin or kevin's camp like hey he's 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 he stopped drinking like for real you know i really can't remember exactly i think because he had been trying he had, like he had been sober for like three or four months and then so i think it was kind of like a quieter thing at this point i'm back here you know i got a, i got lily right yeah. and so i think it was kind of a quieter thing there, there was a, a couple of incidents that were you know, if you remember a health, like mm -hmm. he, he had, you know, he had uh, partied a lot and, and, you know, had to go to the hospital for some, what do they call it these days? Exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, so, you know, um, well, he was, he was, he was working and playing every, almost every night. Yeah. Um, playing locally there. Like, yeah. like just. I'm like, dad. I'm like, name. dad, I'm like, Oh, for God's sakes. He was playing so much and he, so he drank. Much. He just, of course he was exhausted. It's like, not, not exactly. Dude. Yeah, no, no, I think there's a party. little more to it. Yeah. Yeah. Every Thursday and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically gets himself to that gift of desperation. And as I, as it was told to me, he has a, a major moment. And then he and Patty say, he says to Patty, I'm going to stop drinking on this day. And yeah. then he basically circles a day on the calendar, does his thing. And then that day 
he stopped and never. It was October of two thousand and nine or ten. Uh, let's go with nine. I mean, you know, no, I think it's ten. Okay. Yeah. Um. Here we are with math. The math. We got to another <laughs> math portion. This no, I think is it is. I think it's two thousand ten. I think so. Yeah. So, I think for me, right? Like you know, when you're sober, I was still working an earlier. Well, you know, I'm, I'm like four, three, four years, four years sober, I guess. You know, I've seen him in and out. You know, I've offered my support in any way possible, but you don't start making notes until you're like, oh wow, he's like you know, sixty days. He's really working it right, and so I think that uh it was it was when he got like a year and he was working on his uh his master's degree and he had to do um some huge he did some i forget what it was you know like uh it was uh, beautiful come on man. What it, what's know, that called work. a uh it's like your final dissertation yes thank you good yeah. lord so i was in so let me tell you about the dissertation so by the time the dissertation comes around kevin although light years beyond me in many respects was really just about 18 months more than me in, in, in sobriety after we, you know, after I finally got it. And I can remember I was in uh, the halfway house that I, that I lived in that Lily came and visited uh, your daughter and we went to Chili's. I remember I was in that bed and my, you know, Kevin wouldn't talk to me. Now, when I got sober, I called him from rehab and I was, yeah, Oh, this is my, my life is changing. He's like, dude, call me when you get 90 days. There you like, go. Which, which was perfect. It was just, honestly, it was at the time I, I hated it, but again, it was one of those things I needed. So he sent me a draft of the dissertation and it was dedicated yeah. to me. Yeah. I've never told anybody that because honestly, at the time I felt like it was too, it was almost too heavy for me. I couldn't process it. I was like, I know how big of a deal this is to him. The fact that he's dedicated this to me is like more than I can, you know, I, probably it, I'm still like a kid. I probably still so unexpected, right? Like, you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, like, But that's, yeah. but, but he started to operate in that mode, right? Yeah. Thinking of others, doing things for others. His life totally started to change. I remember he came home for Christmas um, <laughs> and he was, he was like, not, not any of the bizarre ones. He was like 90 days, I think around 2010. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the one thing I noticed was like he and Patty had shifted the way that they were living. They yeah. were, they had become very humble. They were, they were saving money. They were open mm -hmm. about saving money. He wasn't playing the big shot anymore, which he would revert back to that role later yeah. in sobriety. Yeah. But, but they had a plan. Yeah. And you know, look, I think no matter what, like Kevin really, like she worked hard while he was going back to school. Right. She supported him through that process. Um, and she had a plan, you know, financially of how they could get places. I mean, that's, that was a, a wonderful thing. And he was like, okay, like at that point, you know, like, um, yeah, but look, he still was a big brother to us. Like, and that's like you said, get 90, right? Oh like, yeah. Oh, I mean, some of the things that, that have flashed in my brain and we've talked about like, uh, you know, uh, of him being that big brother to us while he was sober, like nothing ever changed between us really, like, except mm -hmm. we got closer and closer and closer. Um, Point being, one of my favorite shows ever on HBO, Entourage. Oh gosh, what? What was it? You who asked him that question? Do you remember who? We were we were at, at, we were on on vacation in Long Island, and uh, <laughs> like, um, uh, and and I said, "You guys watching the show Entourage?" Charlie Sharusi <laughs> was there, Kevin's best friend, and uh, Kevin says, "Dude, I don't need to watch it. I lived it." <laughs> Now, this is before he was sober. This is like 2007, 2008. 
and everybody the record skipped and the ball breaking i'm uh, sorry commenced. what <laughs> I, I mean we were like excuse and you and charlie more so i could never this, really get him in line yeah this is the bravado of kevin <laughs> like that's it and he believed it and that's the shit he would tell the people out in the south bay in hollywood and they'd be like oh wow i mean his nickname was rock and roll out there Legit. we're like dude he, he he'd come home we're like dude are you like no like you didn't live entourage like <laughs> you know no like like he told you one time uh another famous quote i've been in more fights than days you've been alive now play that back but that's exactly what he said the beauty of that is that he we he even in i guess there was a point in time when we were all young and maybe he was like, sober then man what the days you were alive? Yes, the days you were alive. Yes, but not the still, not the still. entourage. But he could take a little ribbing, and he could always uh, like he projected this for at least for me. I, I I was scared of him, right? But but he was he would soften. Oh. I know, but he would soften if you stood up to him. Um, oh, because we would call him on the carpet, yeah. like, and that was the thing that was so great. We'd be like, dude, you that's not true. Like we <laughs> were raised with you, and. I certainly didn't, you know, turn the corner of Meadowwood and Brownie and see you like, you know, on leaning on the signpost with a cigarette, like looking to kick someone's ass, bro. Like, no, the only fight I can remember you were in, I was with you. And I think you left me there and went to California. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, he was like that, though. He was he had the ability to kind of take a beat and, and laugh at himself. Yeah. Uh, when he started to get sober and, and, and your relationship with him started to change, what mm -hmm. were some of the things you started to notice? Because he became vulnerable. And for me, it was the first time I ever saw him vulnerable in his life yeah. to, to us. I, what did you, and there's such, there's an immortality in becoming vulnerable, especially I think if you're somebody like Kevin, I, you know, the thing was being living so far away and you know, you're hearing about these things he's doing, right? And it, it was hard to like really wrap your brain around them when, you know, I'm back here with with starting a family, you know, like, um, you know, I'm getting married to Tara and it just like, it, it, it took a couple of years to really, you know, see that he was really on this path and to see him change, right? Because frankly, I probably still had some, you know, even though I'm sober, what, six years and, uh, you know, I still like that, you know, that guy had fallen for, for me a little bit, you know, and, and I didn't know if he was really going to make this happen. Um, and I don't know the moment, but like, you know, when I went out to visit him, he took me to a bunch of AA meetings and I met all his crew out there. And I was like, you know, that's the moment, like going to the clubhouse down by his house. And um, were you so surprised at how dialed in he was? Yes. And, I, and, and not just that. And this is where I get like, look. This is, you know, we're having fun. This is a, a tremendous loss. Like, and when I think about him bringing us down there to the, the clubhouse, mm. he's so proud to introduce us to everybody. Like, so proud. Like, he, it was like awesome. I mean, that was, that was the stuff. Like, he was just so proud of, to show his brothers off, the you know, together. The three of together, us going to like, club. Alan, yeah, like uh, the, you know, Alano, Alano. Just... I always get it wrong. He'd be like, "Dude, it's Alano." Um, like, <laughs> I would always get it wrong. But we would go to these meetings, and by the way, some of the women were beautiful, you know. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're Kevin's 
you're the three sober brothers. I remember one time you guys stayed in bed. And I went by myself uh, one morning. Not with any of the women. Whoa. No, I went to the meeting, but I was in all my glory talking to some of these, you know, beautiful women about my brother and stuff like that. And they Typical. Were, they were interested in us, you know. Um, and and you're right. I've forgotten about that, Mike. Like, you know, you mentioned your your time going with him, but like, um, yeah, going out there and going to meetings with him, and he was like, oh, like he would break my balls wide open. I mean, he would always get your shit together, this and that. You know, I disagree with this. And I would hate it, but like, and it was almost to the point where I was shocked with the pride he spoke of, of us, you know, and I would, and I would see it and it was almost to the point where it was, too, I don't, I'm not like, it was almost too intimate for me. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, like this feels, I can't, I can't believe this. Yeah, you I know? agree. It, it was, it was my program at that point, you know, was good, but not like that. And I was like, damn, okay. And to your question earlier, Seeing him through my children's eyes was really, you know, really when I'm like, wow, like the relationship that he developed with Lily, my oldest, um, and with Callie, you know, like it was just amazing. And, and I know Kate, you know, always looked at him, my, my stepson, like, you know, this guy's crazy. But when he was in town, like, Kevin would like have a blast with them. Like yeah. we were at the Hamptons. He'd like throw them all around the pool. We'd do races. And Kevin would be like, let's go. Like, you know, he knew that like there was some struggle with Cade and our family, just because, you know, like I came in and busted up Cade's world. I get it, right? But like Kevin didn't care. He was gonna come in and like have everyone have fun. Right. And he also and at that point so in time started to develop a greater understanding for relationships like that, right? Yes. Through his job yes. and through his work. So he could he could just activate that by being there. And taking yes. certain loving actions, you know, and understanding. And, and you know, watching him with those guys was like, that That was not, like, it was my, you know, my relationship with him at that point just started to really develop. Um, you know, it it just, it got to a place where I never thought it could. And, and yours was just like mine, okay. like, how close we got, how much I admired him. Um, you know, watching him, like, it's so funny because kids are shy, right? And, and he would come home and he'd be like, dude, what time is Lily done school on Thursday? And I'm like, dude, she's got like lacrosse or something. Like he's like, I'm coming to get her. I'm like, bro, you can't just show up at a school and grab the kids. Like, <laughs> 2021. Pro- yeah. There's protocol, man. Like, you know, yeah. you, you know, especially like at this point, you got the long hair and everything. I'm like, we got like, so, and Lily's kind of like, you know, she was probably like, like seven or eight or not. Oh, like, okay, this okay. Is, yeah. You know, like she's like, I'm like, hey, Uncle Kevin's going to pick you up. He's like, well, I have a friend thing. And I'm like, look, just go, like, that's when their relationship started to develop. The point where then like, you know, on his trips home, you know, I'd be like, hey, Lily, Uncle Kevin's coming to pick you up. She's like, yes. You know, like. Well, and then what about, I mean, just flash forward, we'll go to something really recent. Like, uh, she's going to San Diego State and and yeah. Lily's like, can, can can retreat into her own like world. And, and, and yeah. so it's kind of like, hey, like Lily's. Just like uh, if I text Lily, I have very low expectations on a return, uh, text, right? And if I get one, it's great. If I don't, I don't expect yeah. to get one. But for Kevin, like now she's living in San Diego, going to school there. And Kevin, like you're like, hey, just kind of take me. No, t- well, can I? Just yeah. Don't you can't discard the fact that she went to San Diego State because Kevin and Patty are out there. And one of the things, because her mom and I aren't together, I would bring her out every year to visit them yeah. she fell in love with 
the West Coast, fell in love with California, fell in love with Patty and Kevin. And it was like a major factor in her going to San Diego State. Like Uncle Kevin's right there and Patty's right there. Yeah. And then he comes through because he's like, hey, I'm in San Diego. Come on, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go to the you know Jimmy Miller Foundation, surf or whatever. It's like, what? You know, As a parent, to see your child have a relationship with your brother or an uncle and you're not involved. Like that's the, that's the moment you're like, Oh shit, this is real. Like, you know, him and Patty would go down and pick her up a couple times, just him. Mm. He's like, I'm coming down. And he would brought her to, to do charity work. He gets, comes down on a Friday, takes her to dinner. Working, on a with, shopping working spree. with veterans, right. With the charity. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, and yeah. they go on the shopping spree she, at that point, you know, he's smart. He's going to, you know, <laughs> he's, he's going to take away all objections that could have come. He's like, let's go yeah. dinner, shopping, whatever you want. <laughs> Like then they go shopping, and the next morning he picks her up at seven to go to work with wounded uh, warriors on the beach with this brilliant um, progressive therapy, surf therapy for veterans, like and for special needs needs children. Like this is when you start seeing the other side of Kevin. He's not that that guy. Like, dude, we're going shopping. This is the authenticity that that is him like the the giving part that you're seeing so much of if you're close to him these days, like the love he gave back, like this, it all dovetails, you know, from, from Lily, me seeing it through those eyes to this, like to where we are now, like just amazing. It's a, it's a fabulous way to kind of wrap it all together from, from, from your eyes as a kid and now through your kid's eyes uh, and, and through, you know, the execution he was able to have, through the keep hermosa hermosa you know they're going to frack in in the south bay and and i think 2012 and he starts a campaign that is successful in stopping the fracking and keeping big oil as he would say you know out out of hermosa but also you know he starts a movement and and he and patty become he becomes a celebrity and as patty would would tell you it wasn't one of her favorite parts about being married to him I mean, you would no. be, at, they would be at dinner somewhere in Hermosa and somebody that was a part of the cause on either side or, or, or on either side of this whole thing would want to sit down with them and talk to the point where they, they actually moved for a while. Yeah. They, they rented their place in Hermosa um, and rented San a place Clemente. in San Clemente for a while. And, you know, it just, the, the more I find out, what are you looking at? The more I find out, <laughs> the more <laughs> Mike just fakes nodding off. The more I find out, I, I, I knew about this stuff, but I didn't know about, about this stuff. I mean, eh, go ahead. You couldn't put it more clearly than that. Like, because also he would tell us about it. He'd also tell us, he, he's not telling anybody else about what he's doing, but us, right? Cause he's the big brother, you know, in the way he's telling us that sometimes it's hard to hear, you know, when he, like, he's like, dude, I'm working at, um, you know, this battered woman shelter, which he did Miriam's, Miriam's house, house, such yeah. great work. We're like, yeah. what, you know, but you just don't hear it when someone's telling it yeah. to you, like, dude, I got to go to Miriam's and help. You know, we're like, all right, whatever. Dude. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, like, yeah, he calls you. He's like, I'm on my way over to Miriam's house. I'm going to yeah. do, like, do some work with Miriam. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what, like, but these are women. Know, like, I think women that have children that are struggling with addiction, yes. struggling through trauma, like, like something yes. along those lines. And the Jimmy Miller foundation, he's on the board there. Like, the impact, but you know, like what's this Jimmy Miller thing? Like, yeah. you know, and, and like he, and oh, by the way, he's still going to meetings, raising his hand 
and talking yeah. to other alcoholics. And he became so popular and so involved because he had so many clients in the Hermosa area that, as it was told to us by Sully, he couldn't really go to meetings in Hermosa anymore because yeah. it was almost like you know a little bit of conflict there because conflict of interest, I guess you would say, because his clients would be there. So he would go to that meeting in Rocks- Roxbury meeting that everybody yeah. talks about. It's, you know, look, I got like our connection with him over the last what's the number eight to ten years i don't. I would know, say just, eight years it's been like for me it's just been like on fire you know and the super bowls yeah. the sobriety um him being part of our zoom family like yeah. with 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 meetings like it's been for me there was a channel that opened more for him to oh. join you in providing feedback on my, on my life uh, and as to where things were going and to give me honest direct counsel oh. which led to you know, saving my life, even in sobriety um, yeah, and, I mean, and opening all kinds of like, you know, the, the, the work he did for us. Right. So why wouldn't, of course, he be doing that for for everyone else? If he impacted us like that, the care he had for others, it's it's very clear now more than ever that as to what was going on. Yeah. I mean, we with with dad dying, you know, Alzheimer's going into the home like to work through that as brothers on this level that, you know, look, it's. Uh, to me, it was, it, it transcends like the normal, like never an argument, like everyone, like we just communicated. We we had a plan. Mom has a stroke, you know, seven, eight, seven months ago, he comes home. You know, we decide as a team that you've got your stuff at work. That's kicking ass. Stay there. We'll need you back here in a month when I'm having some other, my surgeries for my neck, which I had like, and you're like, okay, I'll do it. I don't have to be the hero right now. These guys are there. Mm-hmm. I go, you come. Like the decisions that we made as adults in sobriety, to me, it like it was just unbelievable. And we and we always noted it. We never took it for granted. Well, and the fact that the fact that we were able, to, like, I don't make decisions like that on my own. So I needed you guys and the program to come to those decisions. And, and I think probably the same could be said for you guys, right? Like it was greater than us, like our ability to work totally as, as a cohesive unit, because there was a couple of times, I remember one time we were out in California and it was when stuff was getting t- really tough on you with dad and mom. Cause dad, mm. dad is now, Oh yeah. He's spiraling. And I remember we were outside, um, coffee man, or is that what it's called? Burrito. Man? I remember exactly where we were. I don't remember the name. Yeah. I think it's coffee, coffee bro or something that, Remember we went there with Kevin all the time. You get the. All right, what are you gonna get a free cup of coffee when you go next time? Like, do you fucking listen? To like a Java man, Java man. Yeah. That's it. Okay, yeah. Java um, man. So we're outside Java man, and he is like kind of telling you how it's gonna be, and you're just like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you're like no. I was like, uh, and and it was kind of like those were very helpful conversations. The well, he were, received it. Yes, and and yeah. and I, our relationship had gotten to the point where I could say, look, dude that's it's not going to work like here's where we are and he would hear it and that's somebody who had transformed who they were through a lot of work you know um and i just like he was just like this kind loving amazing guy um you know that that this is what sobriety does working a, a program like you just give back you're available and some of the stuff that we're here, all the stuff that's that's out there right now, uh, uh, you know, the people's lives he touched, the impact 
Hermosa Beach. Like, yeah, we knew it, but we didn't know it. And I'm like, God, man, like, I almost feel like I didn't know him to this level. I'm like, it's just amazing. And somebody said the other day, which is a typical thing, well, you almost wish they were alive to see all this stuff so they could know how great they were. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> he's good. You got that story. Like, you well, know, no, I, say, I, I say this, this is no. So Kevin and I got into having like deeper conversations. And I was, you know, when, when Kevin and I would talk and Mike, I discussed this with you the other day, like it wasn't like there wasn't so much of an exchange uh, as there was like he wasn't coming to me for advice you know we started as we got older <laughs> and he started to kind of be curious about me and my career there was definitely more conversations but it was a lot of times me seeking his advice and just asking him questions because I really did realize that I've got this I got to tap into this route this is an incredible resource here yeah um, and I remember I was asking him because you know I got all my insecurities and stuff and I was talking about women and I was like do you never I was like you know, I know how in love you you and Patty are, and you've been married for so long. And we were coming, we were out in Terranea. I'm like, it's just so obvious you guys are thriving. I said, but along a 20-year relationship or 18 years, you've never strayed or thought about, like, straying. Like, isn't marriage hard? He's like, dude, I don't need anybody else to tell me that I'm the man. I know I'm the man. <laughs> He's like, guys have affairs because they're insecure. And, we, and he kind of, like, went on this rant, which was one part Kevin and – uh, another part totally right oh. and it was just kind of like dude i don't need that bullshit i have a wife i'm in love with her i've worked on myself enough to yeah i'm not perfect but i i know what this whole thing yeah. is about and, and which is and, yeah and seeking the right great. things because the, the version you tell is big brother to a little brother right he would have that same conversation with somebody else but it would be you know delivered in a like Look, I, you know, I don't need, like this program and I have fulfilled myself and, you know, I'm comfortable in my own skin. So I don't th that temptation isn't even there for me. And I love my wife so much. But the way he tells it to you and me, it's the best. Well, and dude, an hour or, or 25 minutes later, he told me to. I was getting I was at CVS. I was like, you know, you knew I had a bad back and stuff. And dude, oh. get the Coke Zero. And I got one 12 pack. And I'm after I leaned down to get it with my bad back, he's like, dude. You buy two, get one free. Grab three. So and I go to grab <laughs> all three of them, and I pop, I pop my back as he's watching me. And for the rest of the weekend, I, I literally couldn't walk. It was the worst back trouble I ever had in mm. my entire life. So this guy does um, the Keep Hermosa Hermosa. He is, is a therapist, a very successful therapist, to the point, by the way, and I want to celebrate this because the similar thing – and I'll let you out of here in a little bit, Mike. This, I'm good. A similar thing happened no. with a, a similar thing happened with you and your sobriety. You have Lily with Kim. You and Kim are at odds, right? Around your addiction. You get yes. sober. Kim now is one of your best friends. You are the godfather mm -hmm. to her and Evans, one of their children. Mm -hmm. I would say you're the rock in in that entire family tree, right? That extends to Kim and Evan. It's amazing what sobriety did to that relationship. With him and Patty, I'd say the same thing. And I would say also, there was a point in time where Patty was doing the heavy lifting, financially, totally. right? I mean, and then there became a point where Patty was stuck in this job that was not her favorite, as she would tell you. And he convinced her to believe in herself that one, she could walk away from the job and be okay as a person. And two, he would, he's got it under control. And that's exactly what happened. And yeah. his business flourished and she flourished and their relationship flourished. That stuff is not, it's just not an accident. You know what I mean? That's a guy who is 
working like in yeah. within the sunlight of the spirit. And dude, the the you know their relationship, you know, it, it just we would watch them work together like it like you know it was it was special you know like they they were committed to each other still are you know like uh it was special i mean i can't say like we just we were so fortunate to spend so much time with them um at terranea you know at the at a resort they got for us at the we they took us to the chili peppers concert last year like for my birthday hey, kevin's like, like hey come on out like for me i luckily i just gotten out of a bad relationship so i was back i was back on the roster which one? <laughs> so I was back on the roster, but he was like, hey, uh, come on out here. This is going to be the best. And it was, I mean, I think about a year ago, right oh. around now, was when he called me and was like, hey, you got to come out for this. It's going to be all. And it was incredible. And by the way, all this is going on the year before that. He has us out there and he shows us, he talked to us about it, but we actually went to the the, the space, right? Hermosa oh. Music Company, which he and Patty uh, and a few others were behind. You know, he ended up owning it. He worked out of there, wrote music out of there. It became a creative space for people in the Hermosa. Uh, and he didn't get, he didn't know this at the time, but to come together, you know, streaming performances during COVID, we listened to, and it, I can, I'll say this, the song, A Perfect Wave, when I was living in a halfway mm -hmm. house. Um, and it was, Kevin, I, I would listen to it all the time. All the time. It, it, it really spoke to me then. This is over 10 years ago. And, he had a so that, I thought that was my that was my favorite piece of, of of music for him, and then he he sits us down. You Lily, uh, I don't know if Patty came with us because she'd probably heard it a thousand times. No, it was a th me, you Lily, Shag. Shaggy, yeah. Um, we're we're in the uh, and who else? That was it. That was it, right? I think maybe, that was it. Yeah, and we listened to his whole album, which still, by the way, folks, you, there's still more music coming. And can we be? Can we? Let's. I mean, we're always going to be honest here, mm -hmm. like. We were kind of having an aside on the way down there, like, what do we do if this sucks? Like, we knew yeah. it wouldn't, kind of. But well, like, and you guys were wheeling me down in a chair because he just uh, my back was <laughs> fucked up from yeah, beginning. We're like, yeah, we're like, all right, dude, like, if, if like we're two in and we're bored, like, can we go? Like, hey, man, all right, <laughs> this is like we got like, yeah. how do you handle that? Right? We're like, God, please be good. This could be. Yeah. This has potential to be disastrous. <laughs> it's bad music. There's three of us there, yeah. like, and we just sat there. I was in awe. Yeah. Like the music touched. I mean, I had tears in my eyes a couple times. Yes. You know, like it it's was inspired. amazing. The album is inspired. Um, and it's like there's a divine situation going on there. And he left us that music. And, and a lot of it still is, has yet to be released. I mean, it's no, this is a total irony, but we're sitting here talking about Kevin. And that's the music that leads into this podcast because Kevin was a big part of, you know, if you've listened to this and you feel like this has ever helped you at all, you're just one of the many thousands of people that he's touched through moving somebody in sobriety. And I was like, should I do this? He's like, do it, dude. Who cares? Like, you know, he's like, just stay true to yourself and the tenants and the, you know, and recovery, you know, and, and, and it'll go the way it's supposed to. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a huge, like, this has been great talking about, like, I, like the memories. Mm -hmm. I mean, was this me, wait, the cut. To, do you mean I have to go somewhere? Me? Yeah. This has been great. Are, you, are, are we done? Oh, I'm good. No, no, no. I got I'm a couple saying, more questions for you. You're going to have to cut this thing up. I have, no. I'm, I mean, I'm available for whatever. Like, I'm you know, not I'm, it like, up. Um, yeah. okay. How was, how was, I'm in no rush, honestly. All right. Well, I, I got shit to do. Um, how, really? how was I one thirty? Yeah. I, um, how was he as a football player? 
uh, he was, I mean, he was fast. Like you said, he wasn't the fastest, but like he was always where he should be. He was like, a starting you know, he, cornerback. Yeah. At Archbishop Carroll, Philadelphia Catholic League, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think speaks volumes to his just know-how um, as a player. Yeah. I mean, he like, yeah, he, he, he was really good. As a matter of fact, I think like, like he got a late start because, you know, mom was always protecting us, wouldn't let us play football. He didn't play until like seventh grade, I think. So a little late and then going to high school, like he was still developing and learning. Um, you know, I like we were, we also played where, where the, you know, you only were allowed to play on one side of the ball. Like, I think he could have done a lot more. I mean, who doesn't, but like, yeah. he was good. I mean, you know, he maybe blew a play here and there. Right. Like <laughs> what about, so yeah. Kevin is they're They're playing. Carol's playing Newman at this point. In time, Newman. You're, you're, you're a sophomore, right? Yes. When Kevin's a senior. So, but you're, so you're there. Um, I'm there. And yeah. Oh man. It's in South yeah, Philly. Is... The place is like a, a, a dust bowl. Dust Kevin, bowl Kevin and his and, team, they're trying to salt away a victory, right? And Newman has the ball. You know what happens? And Carol's up by deep. a score, let's say. Yeah, they, they, they go deep. Like, there's literally 30 seconds left or, you know, uh, maybe a minute, whatever. And and Kevin, like, lost his footing, stumbled. Like, he got, you know, he got beat. And uh, they lost the game, you know? And uh, this speaks to, like, like, it was tough. I mean, I remember he was, like, beat up. He was beat up, but, like, you know, he kept things in perspective somehow. Like I, That would have, like, destroyed me, I think. And, of course, then I have a smart Alec comment, you know? Um, a couple days later. Yeah, maybe, like, a week later, he was literally, like, stretching his neck around, and we're at dinner. And he's like, I'm like, he's like, my neck is really bothering me. And, of course, I say, yeah, probably from watching the ball fly over you <laughs> from the Newman game, right? <laughs> and, look, I would... I said things lots of times half expecting to get attacked, right? Like, but he just laughed it off. And I was like, wow, I I didn't expect that. You know, like he really didn't take himself too seriously the whole time, you know? And that's what we, yeah, I I 100% agree. And and it was like, it was nice to finally discover that, that like, if you were able to, I mean, you had that number the whole time. I just recently kind of, you could mess with him a little bit. He was very, very good at laughing at himself as seriously he, so good. as he took himself. What did you think about – do you remember the band he was in? Was that Final Cut with Clark Burke when they were – Oh, remember? no. So th- I don't think there was a name for that It band. was the 16th like, birthday for Clark. I remember we yeah, went it was over Thomas, the, It was like yeah. Joe Watts. Like, uh, oh, Tower Luke Road. Luke, Tower Road. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Tower Road. They played at Conestoga Swim Club, Clarksburg. Those – I mean, those were like – magic days so fun mike riley um who's a pilot now like would cut like they you know they uh it was just great man they were a bunch of beat joe let's play, play drums until uh uh thank god <laughs> luke orlando came in who actually could handle the, the sticks um like oh my god that was the first band tower road it was awesome but and that that also opened up kevin's social life um because he now i mean I got a message from Bart Smith's brother, Rich. And Rich was like, dude, I, your brother was like Ferris Bueller, basically. He, he literally was like, you know, you he was, and also, but, but you throw in, he was a football player, he was a musician. Yeah. Ladies loved him. He was kind of an outlaw. And, and there was totally. like, yeah, there was like a legend around Kevin, even even in high school. Yes. And I was, I was telling this to, uh, to Murph. I was like, you know, 
when you talk about Kevin being a football player, all all I was, I was a football player and I liked girls and I was a drunk, you know, in high school. Really, I mean, that's that was my identity, right? Like as as I chose to forge it. Kevin was not one thing. I mean, he no. was when he was a, he was a football player when he was at practice. He was, you know, a, a musician when he was at, you know, practice playing in the band. I mean, he had so many different places he went to discover that uh, fulfillment, I guess. Yeah. And you just look, I don't know what it was, man. Like you were not going to put him in a box and you were not going to tell him how to live his life. And that can be dangerous. Like if he had stayed down the drugs and alcohol path like that, his life would have ended. But he gets sober and he has that same moxie. Right. And he's going to live his life. Like, think about it. This guy came from a conservative family on the East Coast. Right. That with a with a, a you know, a very strict father um, moves to California, grows his hair long, knows that his dad is probably like rolling his eyes at him. But he's like, I don't care. And, you know, look at the life he lived like every like he did it how he wanted to. But he did it ultimately, you know, with principles and integrity. Like, it doesn't matter if you have long hair and a beard and live on the beach like you freaking work hard and you treat people well and you give back to the community like that's what life is all about right like don't like you don't have to be a certain way in a box when the people on the east coast conservative you know they're not living a life as good as you are i mean as 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 service oriented right as as community driven they're not the husbands that you are right the 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 uncle that you are like that's the thing, right? Like this dude did it on his own terms and ultimately did it the right way and made a huge impact on so many people. Well, and and you just were talking about it and I was thinking about this when you were talking. It's almost as though his soul caught up with who the per- the person uh, he wanted to be. Like ultimately he was became like, you know, you look at him you say like the dude. You know, like he totally. became that person like Walking around Hermosa Beach with Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it really is crazy. And you got to realize, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's one of the coolest places you can live on the planet. And he walks around there like he's the mayor. I've gotten messages from people who I know through whether this podcast or through sports. Um, and people are like, oh, my gosh, I knew your brother. I didn't know he was your brother. You know, like, like yeah, uh, that's that it- is. Holy shit! This that was that was Kevin. I'm like, yeah, um, totally. So many people knew who he was, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, people will forever know who he is. Mike, yeah. you're 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 in a lifeboat, okay? It's Angela and Lee Fitzgerald, and the lifeboat starts to take on water. Uh-huh. Who do you, you you've got to you've got to let one person out? Who is it? Like out, like to die? Yeah. I mean, look, I got like, <laughs> Those are Kevin's Lee ex-girlfriends. Lee F is sober, I, you know, and works a great program. I don't know Angela anymore. I got to go with Lee. <laughs> ah, we're, go, we're going with Lee, yeah. Um, it's so cool because I, so many of, you know, obviously we've, we've sung Patty's praises, right? And it's like, it's the real deal. Um, you know, she's in our lives right now. Uh, she'll be in our lives forever. But there were other women who came before her, and they weren't, like, necessarily sideshows. Kevin was... Uh as much as he liked to 
stay independent and like a soloist, right? As far as our family was concerned, he always came back home. We got to know yeah. so many of these people, right, yeah. wrong, or indifferent. Our, our home was like a central point um, totally. for, for Kevin's life. You know, and yeah. I think sometimes to his detriment, as he would tell you, mom and dad got to know his friends too well. It, you know, I had a moment where I, 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 after we came back from seeing him when he passed and before he passed, I brought mom uh, home, right? And um, God bless her, it's been tough. And, and you know, that, that's her son. And I can't imagine, um, but she's hanging in. I'm, she's been real strong. I'm proud of her. Um, I, you know, I get her inside. And as I was leaving, I looked through our big, we have a big picture window and I, I saw us there like, like laughing because we had an unbelievable Easter for my mom's 80th birthday. Like Kevin and mom were in a great spot. It was like, I mean, what does uh, Scott Van Pelt say? Sublime. Like it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. And it's almost like this was coming because it was just Per and I looked in the window and saw it, and I was like gutted, but like grateful, mm -hmm. you know, like it, like it was, like we're just so blessed that we had all these phenomenal moments with them, you know, like I just I'll never forget like that that coming back and see looking and like like it was out of a stupid TV show though I saw it I saw us there and everybody was laughing yeah you know like that like that that'll be there forever. Well, I mean, and, and, and like we were talking about, there were there were several visits, four or five over the last like six, seven months. We're talking about people who live in three different states. You know, really. I mean, we we're home for the Phillies World Series. We were there for the Chili Peppers. He yeah. came home because mom's sick. You know, we all come home in April for Mother's Day. I mean, it was like it was nonstop, dude. The Christmas it before was. that. And let me say this. He did a lot of the travel back here, him and Patty. But he also quarterbacked a lot, like a lot, a lot. Super a Bowl, lot. you yeah. guys coming? Yeah. What days? We're like, oh shit, like yeah. So we last five Super Bowls, I think. Like yeah. there, we're there watching the game with him, Patty, Gavin, whoever, whatever the Rough Riders come over, yeah. having a blast. We're there for four it days. Depends like, on Gavin's relationship status. If he's oh my that. god, right? But yeah, we'll leave, I guess we'll <laughs> leave that go. That's not our story to tell, Gavin. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I had, Mike. Anything else you wanted to bring up? You know, th there's we can certainly do this again. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, there's just so much. Like I like I'm that like all the stuff, the feelings I'm feeling. I'm like I I said this to Patty the other day, and I think you like I didn't know that I loved him this much. Like like I didn't. I just like you know. I, I can look and go, okay. I could conceptualize 52 years and the last year he had like to see where he was spiritually, to see how he lived, to see where he was with mom, the last eight to 10 years of our relationships, like everything before that, like maybe this was like how it was supposed to end. Like maybe 52 years of that full life of the lives he, he impacted, the service work he did. Maybe this is how it's supposed to end. I still can't, I still am not at peace with it yet. You know, like it hurts a lot still. Like, you know, like our, like, you know, our text strain, the three of us, like, like back and forth, like just, I would just send a, a picture of you that I cropped in like a hairdo on, like that was so stupid. And he just like, he was, 
he was our audience a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, because Alf, you know, in other places, he's the guy, you know, busting chops and all. But with us, he was the audience a lot. And he freaking loved it, man. Like, he laughed so hard. And, and uh, you know, we're all going to miss different things. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to miss where, you know, that was a pretty great dynamic, you know. It, it it was, you know, that that stands out. You know, I was talking to our, our uncle and Marty, uh, Marty. And, uh, you know, this one hit me when he's, you know, Uncle Marty, um, you know, Kevin would always say, hey, I talked to Uncle Lou. I talked to Uncle <laughs> I Marty. know, right? Yeah. We, we, then we'd be like, dude, is he, he's, is he really calling these guys? Like, I don't believe it. There's so much <laughs> going on. And he'd come to find like, yeah, he's doing that. Like, and Uncle Marty said. And he's, by the way, he's calling these guys while they're going through stuff. Yeah. Like their yeah. own personal yeah. battles or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And he calls Uncle Marty and says, you know, Uncle, and I talked to Uncle Marty and Uncle Marty says, I'm reading all this stuff and I had no idea that he was doing so many wonderful things for the community and he helped so many people. And he paused and he said, and I just can't believe that he's doing all this stuff with this thriving practice. He's battling cancer off and on. And he still had time to call me a couple times a week. That that's that sums it up, man. Like, and if I can hold on to anything about about Kevin and his story, it's like I look. I thought I was doing things really well, right? Man, I can make those phone calls. Like, when yeah. do I not feel like doing that? Like, <sighs> when can I shine my light on other people? Rob, you know, when can I reach, you know, the the potential? that God has put in front of me. You and know, you know like, I, I never asked him this, but we talk about it. Like, I wonder if that was part of his getting out of self, you know? I, I mean, he was doing nonstop work with other people that were in need of it. Not just people in the recovery community, nonstop work with people who were in need of it. One thing that Sully told us, it's worth, worth mentioning. Um, Kevin Sully is affiliated with the NHL, the National Hockey League, and they needed somebody to talk to players players basically needed therapy you know player like everybody does like i do and kevin was the guy that they were using that the nhl was using kevin souza to talk yeah. to players to talk therapy and by the way and that kind of is the opposite of what you're saying and this is where it gets frustrating for me and you and everybody else that was just the beginning of him doing that it had yeah, just started like who I, knows dude and so like yeah because he told me he was like dude i don't know who they are I'm not scared of them. I swear to God. He was like, so he, like they respond to him because he did, you know, Kevin didn't give a shit who you were. You know? No, dude, he, no, nobody impressed him. Like yeah. that was the thing. Like, and then, you know, it, his practice was growing. Right. And so he, he had like some like billionaires and famous people. I was always like, dude, just give me up. He would never nugget. tell us, dude. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like, like he's wrong. Yeah, like he would never tell us yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, what about? He's like, nah, dude, you know I can't tell you, you idiot. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, just one. Yeah, and he was the best kind of therapist too because he would, he was a, or, or maybe the worst kind, depending on who you ask, because he was always busy. He was always he was sought after to the point and in such in in demand that he was available all the time for his clients because of, I think the relationship that they had, whether it was an agreement or whatever that, okay, Kevin totally. would, would, would charge enough or he was in, in that rare air where, okay, I, I got to be available all the time, you know? And so he, he can't was, afford me. Yeah. Like, oh no. He, a... he said that to me once. 
Yeah, this me is, too. Yeah, dude, you can't afford. You couldn't afford me. I yeah, like, th- that's yeah. again. That's what he would say to us. But he said that to right? me in like 2010 when he was like in grad yeah. school. Yeah, I mean, like, which was true, it was the, the greatest. We're like, oh, really? Huh? Okay. And then I don't know. Like, it, it was just it's the journey's been unbelievable with him. Like, it's just been amazing i don't even know there's so many more things that yeah and even the recent years you know something like and it's almost like surreal like i put that on my instagram feed when he was the guy carter evans on you know the cbs evening news with Nora o'donnell feet did a feature on surf therapy and who would be the the main character of the the focal point of the story was kevin i mean obviously aside from the folks who (laughs) needed the, the the recovery but kevin is just larger than life on this yeah. news, and I said at the time, he he's eclipsed my television news career in six seconds. You know, <laughs> he was like literally, or, or or a minute and a half segment. He just steals the show, and he says yeah. there, he says, you know, when these guys are out here, and he's talking about the veterans who are getting the surf therapy, or the people who need the surf the surf uh, therapy for J- Jimmy Miller, uh, is it the Jimmy Miller Foundation? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, for the Jimmy Miller Foundation. He said when they're out there on the wave, all they have is right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that is who he was. And, 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 you know, those words live on forever within us. And I'm happy. I am. I am happy for the illustration uh, through news articles. Um, oh. you know, there's just an unbelievable article in him and the easy rider, uh, you know, the, the the Hermosa, I guess, you know, the, 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 the tabloid out there. Right. Tabloid? The tabloid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, anything yeah. else, Mike? We could go forever. I can't like I can't keep it no. too much longer. Yeah. You know, um. No, it's I think people stuff are out there. This. What? I think people are going to enjoy this. The I What about know, Todd Glass? Uh you know, that's Todd they their relationship was so special. There's just so much like, you know, like but Todd is like, you know, he's showing like sending texts like I can't believe that we lived our lives as two adult males with it like it would be like Todd like when Todd's mom was dying, you know, he would help him out with things. And Todd will be the first to tell you, like, I couldn't have gotten through without Kevin. Yeah. Todd had a, uh, a friend of his who the, his son was struggling. And the the friend's son went to Ke- – he referred him to Kevin, and Kevin saw him. And this is the kind of therapist Kevin was. So, like, a year ago, Kevin says to this guy, who's, who's a young adult now, look, you, you don't need to come see me anymore. Like, And this is as told by Todd, like – you can fly now. Like you've got it. Like you've got this. And you know, when, when the, when this, this young, this young adult heard about Kevin's death, he was like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe he said that to me just recently or, you know, within the last year, like, and I feel like I am flying, but also like, I always thought I would have him in my back pocket somewhere, you know, but at the end of the day, he doesn't need Kevin in his back pocket because Kevin worked with him to help yeah. and get to this spot you know like but that's the shit man like therapy some some of them would just keep these people on to milk them kevin's like you're good like why would i don't want you to come to me for 10 years come to me for three years like let's get you better yeah let's get things figured out and, and get out of here like that's now that's the kind of guy that that he was he probably also thought he could open up a spot and then charge an extra 25 bucks an hour maybe <laughs> i don't know how that works but yeah. Um, but that that yeah. that was was the guy. What's going on? You're, you we, froze our internet. You there? Right, no, I'm here. All right, I want to do one thing before you leave, because this was Kevin's favorite thing about that I ever did. Kevin was so sweet 
to us and about our successes and to your success. I can remember multiple times, or at least I remember one time we went up to your office. We saw everybody you worked with. Yeah. There were t- one time I was calling, I was calling a game this last year and he was on a yacht with, with, uh, with the, with the binders. Right. And he sends me a video of him watching the game I'm doing on ESPN. But this was the thing he was most proud of. I'm going to play this mic. Oh God. It turns out we're going to actually get the extra hour. We're going to be able to. You can't hear it? No. Ah, forget it then. Hold on. I think you people can hear it. Just listen, all right? This is me impersonating my mom, and Kevin loved it. Post-stroke. This is after a stroke. It turns out we're going to actually get the extra hour. We're going to be able to have Kenny and Kristen join us at Chris and Becky's with the Friars. So we'll just have to extend the amount of time where Chris and Becky's and the Friars will take a fan. Um. Now, okay, Mike, I don't think you could hear that very well, but people at home could or, or, okay. or driving or listening. That was one. Now, Kevin put together this trip for us to come home and honor mom um, and <laughs> you know, have this beautiful reception and mom called me and had looked in and noticed that wedding receptions are longer than four or five hours and that we needed to get, if we were going to have a birthday, we're longer than three hours. So if we were going to have a party for her, it needed to be more than for three 80, or four yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> more than four hours. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the shit, dude. Like he would, like he loved all that stuff. He did. Like, yeah. It was like, and he was, dude. He loved the laugh. Like, he loved the laugh. Every picture we have, the dude is smiling. Some of them are good smiles. Some of them are bitter beer face smile. Oh, yeah. Even when he wasn't drinking, like he just because he didn't give a shit how he looked in pictures. Me and you are like yeah. we're standing up straight, like tilting our head the right way. You know, so vain. He's like, <laughs> he had care. He's, yeah, he could give a shit. Yeah, that's dude. comfort like, in your own skin. Yeah, his confidence yeah. was oozing, man. Like Mike. Gwen S. and Jenna B. are in a boat. It starts to take on water. You're in the boat. You have to get rid of one of them. These are two other Kevin's ex-girlfriends. Okay, great question. Look, um, that changed recently because Gwen Gwen has reached out and sent some beautiful, heartfelt notes. Um, So I got to go with Gwen. (laughs) I know, dude. And Gwen's, you know, I got to go with Gwen. Yeah. Jenna B, though, man. Oh, she was great. Gwen was awesome. And the reason I bring them up, it's funny, but, you know, Kevin was such a prolific figure in my life growing up. These women were like celebrities. You know, it was it was really larger than life. Um, All right. Anything else? No, man. You know, this just felt very good. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Oh, dude, I love uh, it was really good for me, you know. And look, you know, it's fun. Like all the stuff people have posted, like Patty's post was was like unbelievable yours was perfect man and it's like i can't you know i can't i just like i think you spoke perfectly for both of us you know and and i also part of me is kind of waiting to see like there's got to be a scandal out there somewhere like it's like it can't all be this good like something's got to break like i don't know man like there's got to be we both said that i was like jesus what yeah we both said that we're like this is unbelievable yeah yes there's got to be something out like somebody out there like you know this is not an encouragement this is not a come forward situation (laughs) no but obviously it's like like on the news when we when we do a story a cold case and the sheriff says somebody (laughs) out there knows something like we we don't want that basement yeah Yeah. no man like the real deal dude like 
um i'm so honored to have like been through this whole thing with him and, and i definitely felt close to him at times now and dude i hope i keep this forever but i'm like man like like on the way in today made a couple phone calls like 7 30 this morning like i wouldn't normally do that like i just want to yeah keep reaching out for me for like I, it, like you know he would always exhaust us when we were there like dude we're going to guitar mics we're like dude we just ate yeah, okay. like, guitar mics then we're gonna we're gonna ride motorbikes to gavin's and then we're gonna i'm like dude what about I'm when good. you were out there after your surgery and, and nate had like a record oh day before, and he's like you're coming right <laughs> like, dude i just had two discs replaced two and a half days ago it's like you can walk just come for one second i right? gotta see good you gotta see music nate you went Everyone had that name music nate and i God, i went it was great like yeah yeah, dude, he was just—it's magic, he, he, man. He was, and he also—he was a bring. He brought so many people together. Like I was oh. saying the other night, we would go out to see him, and uh, he we'd be going to dinner with Patty, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you know, Frida's coming too." We're like, "Who? <laughs> Who? Yeah, we're like, yeah, you never met and her." You and I, yeah, like, honestly, oh, that kind of messes like, up the vibe, dude. We would have our aside, yeah. like definitely, like this is kind of like the vibe is <laughs> suck now, and we'd be there, and this person was there, and they were like the most loving, kind wonderful yeah. like person we're like oh god that was so great yeah. like and now i get like, to follow them on instagram and whenever they post something i think of my brother it's yeah, like dude like you know? yeah that's the stuff man like we still have that mentality time like it's like uh you know what what would like how kevin live what would he do like god he was just so out there man and I, and the more i'm learning the, the 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 better i can be as a man as a as a father as a, a person in sobriety as a, as a worker like you know, which is beautiful. I didn't realize that, that, you know, I always know I need to work on myself, but I got a ways to go to, to reach up to where he was. And I cannot believe I'm saying that, right? <laughs> like, like, come on, dude. Like, I, I still, I still am thinking about getting a tattoo. Oh yeah. What about, so was Lily. what about what I told you when I was like, what should I do about the tattoo? Should I get like a big one on my back? We were <laughs> right. in Hermosa. What did you say? Remember? Yeah. What did I know? What did I say? I go, I, maybe I should get like a big one on my back, like to honor him. And you're, and Lily was like, yeah, yeah, maybe we should do that. Like <laughs> here are the two of us, right? Brain surgeons are putting together this plan. And uh, you're like, I think you guys need to just take a beat. You're, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, this like, is like when I go on vacation and I get some fucked up yeah, hat and I yeah. come home and I'm thinking, wow, that looked yeah. good on vacation. You're like, oh boy, where, where am I? I can't wait to wear this sombrero to work on Tuesday. Like, Guys, let's not get out of here with a fucking sleeve tattoo of Kevin's face. Like, let's just. We were ready. God. I yeah, still oh, like yeah. But Lily's Lily's still in. So, you're, yeah. I mean, we got to figure it out. I, Yeah, I want something. I just want, you know. Yeah, without being overt, something that he would like, you know. Yeah. Dude, I, I do remember at one point he was saying, I don't know if he was screwing with us or not. He was telling me, like, he's like, dude, I've thought about getting a sleeve of tattoos. And I remember thinking, like. Dude, don't do that. Like, you it's so cool that had, he didn't. Yes, like yeah, yeah. everyone out there, like, got all this shit. Like, he didn't need it. Like, no. and I think he was just messing with me. But I don't know. Like, I, that does. I wonder sometimes. Like, was he really gonna get a sleeve? That would have been awful. I know I'm his little brother, but I think a lot of people would agree. Like, that guy didn't need to get any cooler. Like, he was as no. is unadulterated. It was perfect. No, Shady Chuck was uh, cool like the Fonz. That's awful. All right, we've been an hour and a half. You so said it all. Mike, I love you. That was this felt very you good. Too, buddy. 
Yeah, dude, this, uh, you know. Um, do you think we said I anything definitely... that'll get us in trouble? No, I don't know. I don't think oh, so. but do we want to tell people what we've decided about, like, because, you know, our dynamic of, like, having three brothers has been so amazing. Like, yeah, tell me, tell me, you and Todd Glass came up with this, right? Yeah, well, I, we, we, we want to audition people to play the role of Kevin. It won't be the same, but. And I'm I'm hoping like I think we can get Stamos maybe like to read for it a little bit. Todd was like, I can play younger. I'm like, nah. But then Todd thought we should just like have a, a like a adopt a kid like the Brady's did, like have that Oliver. Oliver? Come in, like, just, yeah. Or like Leo feel, DiCaprio. Exactly. Just something to, you know, feel like ratings are dropping, Kevin's dead, like we gotta do something, but you can't you can't fill those shoes. It's, it's like when, be, when like, Valerie's family became like Hogan's family. Yeah, right exactly. when they added Sandy Duncan, Sandy Duncan was but, gone. Yeah, no, that Valerie Harper was gone, and they added Sandy Duncan. But, but what happened though? All those shows Bomb. tried that. No, they jumped the shark. Yeah, like they were never the same. And I, I don't think our, you know, we'll, 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 you're going to we'll decide still, against recasting our brother. I don't know. I don't know about that yet. Wait, let's just see who auditions. <laughs> let's just see who comes in first. But you can't fill those shoes, man. I'm, I'm going to miss them. I miss them every day. Um, but uh. Man, were we fucking blessed to have him as a big brother? Uh, well, it's unbelievable. And Patty said he left us the love letter in his music, so I'm going to link his music. I'll link, uh, you know, one of the articles about him in here, and, and maybe some clips so people can. Dude, by the, I'm sorry. By the way, the song that you start the show out with, yeah, what, what, which it's not one been is released it? yet. So sorry. All right, <laughs> all right, man. Love you, Mike. Thanks so much for listening to the payoff with Pete. Once again, I'm Pete Souza. And of course, we are part of the Rogue Media Network. All kinds of good podcasts you can find at roguemedianetwork.com. And of course, you can find this podcast and all those other ones wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, other spots like that. But first, <laughs> Big Brother. Hi, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the podcast with Pete. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.